Fantastic Four. Is it a fantastic portrayal or a fantastic fail? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Podcast, and this week we're talking about the Fantastic Four, the 2015 reboot, uh, well, the third iteration, if you will, of Fantastic Four on cinema. If you count the Roger Corman unreleased, we only made this to protect the rights version. Which we don't. Which we don't. In that case, it's the second iteration of the Fantastic Four, the third movie so far since 2006. Uh, no, I don't think that was 2006. I think that would have been a tad earlier. I know the, the sequel was 2007, because a year later we had Iron Man. Yeah, I think that was in the initial boom of like the Spider-Man period, so I would peg that more 2004. I can have a look. We'll, we'll, we can find that out. So, Fantastic Four. Um, if anybody you know has been living under a rock for the past week or so, you might have noticed that Fantastic Four has been receiving... Shall we say not exactly the most positive of reviews? It certainly isn't living up to the hype, which, well, I'd, I'd even argue that there wasn't really that much hype. But it's certainly not living up to something. It currently sits at 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's the lowest superhero film's ever been, and the lowest film this year. What, of any film? Of any film released this year. Wow. It is the lowest. And this wow. is not like it's, say, like one or two reviews are out. I think that's collated from 163 reviews. Jesus. I see, I thought it might just be an initial, like, user storm of, like, no, we've got to try and bury this ourselves because they've changed too much. No, but... from 163 critic reviews, wow. it's at 9%. Wow. This movie, I think it's fair to say at this point, has tanked quite heavily. Josh tanked. Josh tanked. Indeed it has, Michael, but what are our opinions on it? Well, I mean, that is why we're here, to discuss our opinions on this film. And, okay, let's be honest, we're blue-balling you for a little bit, because this film may just have been the single greatest accidental comedy of the past ten years. Just when you thought 300 Rise of an Empire couldn't possibly be beaten for unintentional comedy... Along comes the Fantastic <laughs> Four and shows us how to really get things done. This is art house bad. Wow. It's, we knew it was bad. We didn't think it was this bad. To quote myself as I came out of this movie, the only word I was capable of saying was, wow. <laughs> the sheer ineptitude on display here boggles the mind to the point. I think, hang on, just before, actually, you carry on, carry on. Well, to the point. That I was going to bed last night and I thought, there's no way I'm going to remember everything stupid. <laughs> so I had to make a list. <laughs> I just want to say, I think, for those of you who are wondering if you should go and see this movie, no! Don't waste your money! No! Wait. Do waste your money! Oh, yeah, yeah. It's but hilarious! It's hilarious, but if you could somehow sneak booze into the theatre, not that we condone it, but it would definitely... You can definitely... buy booze at the cinema. Buy plentiful booze. Support your local cinema. Yes. Go get tanked, just tanked, 
and then everything will be fine. You'll have a whale of an evening. Although it must be said, I think my favourite one-sentence review of this movie was ju- was the literal last frame of the film, and your reaction was just, "Oh fuck you." Oh fuck. <laughs> um, because there was like that beat of silence as like the final note of the video. Went, oh fuck you, which was probably the, out loud. They were probably pausing for applause at that point. <laughs> yeah, this is where we'll slay them. But just to just to elaborate. There is the good things in this movie part of the list. Four items. Wow. Here is the bad part. Uh, yeah. And that's oh a lot my. of collation. That, that's... Um, dang. Well, I'll give the quick pot summary. Okay. Um, essentially, Josh... No, I've copped up already. Reed Richards yes. is a super genius. Yes. Though his teacher is apparently oblivious to the fact that he has a super genius in his class. This is probably because he's Homer Simpson. That is true. Um, There's the fourth good thing about this movie. Dan Castellaneta was in it for about five minutes. Two scenes. Um, He invents a teleportation device in a shed. For reasons. Because he's a super genius. And then the... Right. Hmm. How to do this without giving away the funny things we have to talk about later? He gets discovered by the... Baxter Foundation, I think they were called? Well, yeah, the Baxter Foundation and, of course, Franklin Storm. And he says, we have a project similar to this, but we can't bring stuff back. You can. Come work for us. They get a teleportation device together. They're pretty much told that NASA, like, astronauts are going first. Reed Richards does not like this. Kind of goes on his own alongside Johnny Storm and Victor Von Doom and Ben Grimm. They go to the place and hilarity ensues. (laughs) Um, We'll get into spoilers later. That's pretty much your elevator pitch out of the way. Um... To talk broad strokes, it's hard to know which to hit on first. I think we should go for the biggest sinner initially, and then we'll just work our way down. Okay, sure. This was a god-awful script. Yes. Possibly the worst superhero script I've ever seen. We actually invented our own meme in watching this whenever the characters were talking, and you were supposed to feel like there was some, you know... Bit of character bonding going on. Yeah. Me and you would lean in and just go, scintillating chemistry. <laughs> oh, can you feel the chemistry, the tension between these people? I would now like to recite the most meaningful and emotional line in the movie. <clears throat> Hi, Reed. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's Sue Storm upon seeing um, Reed Richards after he went away for a year. The sexual chemistry between those two was scintillating. I know, right? Right. Well, you, you, this is where the blame game starts. Because obviously a lot of... In this like initial like just awful tidal wave of bad... Tidal wave <laughs> even of bad. A lot has been put at Josh Trank's door. He was the director. He directed True. Chronicle. Um, a lot of stuff was put at his door, including his big old bag of weed, because apparently he was high off his tits every day on the set. Which is weird, because this movie look, looks boring. It doesn't... It's like... I'm, we're not that we condone the use of any any drugs. No. Uh, but I've got it on pretty good authority that things are colourful and exciting when you're on weed. Exactly. You... And that, that things become more vibrant and, and mellow. This was the grungiest looking film I think I've seen it in a really long while. It really was. Um, so how much of a hand he had in the script, I don't know. But whoever did, 
They are the biggest problem with this movie. We've yet to see what Josh Trank's impact in the script is. I mean, if we're taking Chronicle, for example, mm -hmm. he has very little hands in these scripts. We all know that Max Landis is the figurehead behind Chronicle. Praise be to Landis. Praise be to Landis. And that's probably why that film succeeded. Yes. On retrospect. Yes, but... Okay, so we need to go find out who the writer is because, my God, did he drop the ball on this one. I mean, no good lines, no good funny dialogue... No good character progression. Really bad lines, like they were meant to be like one-liners that you'd yeah. see in Marvel movies planted throughout. I am smarter than you. I am smarter than you, and just god awful. Just I, I can't even. Green Lantern didn't have a bad a script this bad. You know what? Green Lantern actually gave us more than this movie because I know, right? I got a catchphrase from the Green Lantern that I've used since. Yeah. So that had substantial, like... The Green Lantern also gave birth to Deadpool. Thanks, Green Lantern. Yes, indeed. Good <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. No, but it it had one or two funny lines in that movie. It had, an, it had a memorable line. This had none of those things. So a lot of blame at his door. Yeah. Um, then, of course, Trank himself took to Twitter on the day of release of this movie. To say that the theatrical cut, to say the the only version we know exists of this movie... You never know, they might do a director's cut Blu-ray. Oh, that would never <laughs> sell. So apparently the, the cut of this movie, he deems sucks. Mm -hmm. And that he had a really good version of this movie about like six months ago. Yeah. Uh, and that you'll never see it. And then that tweet was swiftly deleted, presumably by Fox going, Oi, watch. No, you know, watch it. Right, but... Okay, let's just focus on Josh Trank for a minute. I read an article today about the alleged stuff he would do on set. Apparently, he set up a tent around his monitor, and no one was allowed in there, only he was allowed in there. He was so anal in the directing of these scenes that he deliberately told them to baseline it, be very flat in your acting, and would tell them when to blink and breathe as so to get everything proper. And... Was he wrecked the house he was stopping in? This is also the same Josh Trank who, when uh, Kate Mara, who plays Sue Storm, uh, suggested to him that she would read up some of Invisible Woman's better stories, he pretty much straight up said, no, don't be reading that shit, we're doing it my way. So, you know. So... His way, of course, being literally no character whatsoever. Sue Storm is but, the biggest non-entity in this Chronicle, movie. Chronicle... This is what I understand. Chronicle did this. Chronicle had... Three really good big characters. Yeah. You know, Michael B. Jordan's character of, like, the athletic jock turned... I say I say hapless hero because, like, he is kind of like a figurehead in that movie and he continues to be up until there's a point in that movie where... Yes, where, where he isn't anymore. There isn't anymore. We won't spoil it. Dane... Dane DeHaan, is that his name? Yes. Dane DeHaan plays an excellent sort of, like, anti-hero struck villain in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and I forget the name of the third guy, but he really does show you... White meat baby face. White meat baby face. Correct name. Really does give you like the biggest sort of like window in to the world of Chronicle. Yeah. And although he has the least going on in terms of characters, because like things happen and he watches uh, Michael B. Jordan and Dane DeHaan do their thing. Yeah. It's never boring. It's always no. exciting. It's an excellently. It's a found footage movie, which for me is a, like a detriment. You're yeah. working from a negative position. You have to be good at those things. He nailed everything, with the exception of the last shot, where he's yeah, in okay. Nepal, and he's basically, oh, we're in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I saw in that one. But regardless, so how he's, and roll back the clock two years, when they said Josh Trank has been given the reins to Fantastic Four, we were all like, 
cool. Okay, this could be a... This makes sense. No. No, it doesn't. And no, it doesn't. So, Josh Trank, you did bad. But, one of the negatives on that list is I... There is a very strong feeling of the Hand of Fox throughout this movie. This is the same Hand of Fox that we can almost definitely blame for the atrocity that is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Here's the thing, that movie doesn't look too bad now, does it? That had the Wolverine in it, that had Sabretooth in it, that had some decent action in it, it fucked over Deadpool and didn't really have any proper story beyond how many mutants can we throw at the screen, but it's still better than this pile of shit, it has more action. Yes. But, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, the hand of Fox was felt because, oh, we need to make Deadpool edgy, we're going to stir up his mouth and give him like the eye patches, oh, we need to shoehorn in all these mutants, oh, Gambit, can we get ten minutes for Gambit? You know. It felt like the the Hand of Fox in that movie was prevalent at the start. Mm. They were like, you've got to have these mutants, you've got to hit X, Y, and Z. The Hand of Fox feels like it took over halfway through when they it was too late in the game to sack Josh Trank, even though apparently there was early warning signs before a camera started. They could have got him out of there and put someone else in here, but they chose not to. And apparently this movie was Frankenstein together with a lot of reshoots. If you tr- which we're going to get to in a moment. Yeah, I was going to say, because if you trust a lot of uh, sources about this, Simon Kimberg, who's um, one of the writers for this movie, I believe, if not a producer, definitely. I think he's a producer, yes. Apparently ghost-directed a lot of this movie. Yes. And pretty much all of the reshoots, which are incredibly obvious in this movie. Incredibly obvious, to the point of absurdity. Um, they actually... Look, we'll just... We'll get to them for now, just so we can point out how bad the reshoots are. At some point, Miles Teller has some facial hair, who plays Reed Richards, and then he doesn't. Yeah. Some uh, early on in the movie, um, Johnny Storm slash um, uh, Michael B. Jordan breaks his arm in a car accident. The next shot of him walking into the lab with a broken arm and like giving his job to do. The next shot, he's fine. Yeah. Arms gone. And then there is Michael's favourite thing about this movie. Oh, yeah. Sue Storm's hair. I've developed my favourite thing. When I watch this film again, because you know I'm watching it again whilst I'm drunk, mm-hmm. is going to be shouting out, Wig! 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 Because it's so goddamn obvious that whenever one of the reshoot shots comes in, and this starts from pretty much one of the first instances you see Sue Storm, probably her second scene, what you see is Kate, you got Kate Morris regular hair, which is kind of like, sort of like, sort of like a very dull, mousy blonde kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Then she goes to wearing a bright straw blonde wig, which looks physically bigger on her head. Mm-hmm. It's fucking dumb, and it's genius. Like I love it. There are some scenes where it goes from, like, yeah, mousy blonde to, like, what I'd imagine would be the halfway stage between mousy blonde and what she had, and then bright platinum. It's... Like, was there no continuity editor whatsoever? Were they that desperate for reshoots that they just said, right, we've got to get this done. It doesn't matter about hair colour or or anything else. We need to fix this movie. If you believe the reports that leaked from the set to this movie, and especially from the reshoots, you'll know that Fox had a huge hand in taking out apparently two, maybe even three big action scenes, which is great um, because, you know, that way... You know, we could all get really hyped up for the ending action scene and, oh, Christ, it lasts only ten minutes. Yes. Well, right, now we've got the broad strokes out of the way. Let's let's narrow the focus. Um, so the start of the movie, I want to say, is pretty much up until their arrival at the Baxter building. Yeah. A fairly faithful recreation of the ultimate Fantastic Four origin story. Yeah. 
Um, by that I mean Ultimate Comics, not like the best. Yeah. Like, I am not a fan of the Ultimate Fantastic Four, but I can at least see that the first half an hour is... Sorry, not the first half, the first 20 minutes yeah. is fairly faithful. It does a good enough job. Well, let's take faithfulness out of it. Did you enjoy it? Fuck no. I didn't enjoy anything okay, apart okay, from okay, the mistakes. Okay. I thought, as an option B to the classic origin of the Fantastic Four, as of like going to space, I thought this was better. I did think this is the smarter way around to do things. It's much more interesting than just space cloud. True. Um, so I, I was... I wouldn't say I was digging it. There was a, like the, the script is just bad throughout. There's no, you know, there's no peaks and dropping that. It's just constant bad. If I have to give the film one bit of praise, mm-hmm. it's that you know we always talk about even Reed Richards doesn't want to be Reed Richards because <laughs> yeah. Reed Richards is a dick. Yeah, Reed Richards was a dick, so it did kind of you now know Reed Richards. It, yeah, they got Reed Richards down. I don't like Miles Teller, but well done. You played a complete and utter twat. Well, brilliant. So, well, so well what did you think of? Okay, obviously we're joking a little bit there, but what did you think of Miles Teller's overall performance as Reed Richards? <sighs> I mean, I'm as like I just said, I'm not the greatest fan of Miles Teller's acting style. He's a bit too reserved for me. I don't think that he really does. I don't think he really fits any archetype, which is a problem because I'm more of a fan of actors who can sort of chameleon into roles. Yeah. Um, and Miles Teller isn't that for me. He's he's drama school levels. Like generally can say the lines. Generally knows where to put the emphasis. It's it's kind of like comparing Michael Sarah and Jack Nicholson. You wouldn't do it because they are two completely different things. And Michael Sarah only really knows how to do one thing, one thing well. Yes. Whereas Jack Nicholson is a fucking chameleon. Yes. He is the Joker. He is, you know, the guy out of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. When he takes on a role, he embodies it. But that's, but that's probably because he's method. Mm-hmm. This... Reed Richards is a dick, right? Yeah. I kind of feel like there should have been more arrogance as opposed to just, I'm, I'm, I'm an awkward dad now and this is what well, I do. But Reed Richards is a smart fucking guy. Mm-hmm. A smart I'm fucking guy, Tim! <laughs> First of all, you can tell which one of us studied drama at university. Yeah. Which one did journalism. Um, see, now, Reed Richards is a dick, but I don't think he's initially a dick. He's someone that becomes... Oh, I don't know, the first scene has him, even as a kid... No, 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 I don't, mean like, I don't mean like in this movie, I mean like in general. Oh, okay. He becomes a, a dick, dick because, you know, of his paranoia kind of taking over. And the whole, like, Illuminati so, and the alternate reality yeah. of being evil. He's just kind of like, well, I really am a dick. So... That could work in a, in a sequel that isn't coming. Yeah. They, I know they've planned it, but that's not happening. They're all yet. like, we're totally on track for the sequel. Give it a month. No, I think no, I'll no, be no, 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 no. But again, I don't think you can have a dick as a leading character. No. Here's so, what I was surprised by, though. Yeah? I actually kind of like Ben Grimm. And this is weird. On reflection, I kind of liked him. It's not Ben Grimm. It's certainly not Ben Grimm, but I liked it, and I don't know why. See, I think that's the main problem that I have, because Miles Teller... Right, just just, just quickly, I didn't like Miles Teller's performance. I think he was far too flat. Whether he was directed to be that way or not, I don't know. I believed him as a smart person, but he was just too... Yeah. Fun. Didn't like it. I'm saying the same thing about The Thing as well. Really? Well, one of... Four okay, positives... about Ben Grimm or about The Thing? Both. Okay. One of one positive on the list. I think they nailed the look of Thing. I Other think... than he's always been a little too far apart. And a little bit too blue. 
I mean, they're no, a bit. The blue's uh, fine. No, they're a bit babyish. But he's all blue eyes. I know, I know. But he looked a bit. Okay, okay. Innocent. They could have, they could have that back a bit. But I think they changed the voice from the trailers, which is good. Yeah, it wasn't just. It um, was a bit deeper, and for some reason, it, it did sound like he was crushing gravel every time he talked. Which yeah, I, yeah. I get where they're coming from. I, I, I liked the aesthetic of thing. The voice was fine, and in his movement, he was fine. In fact, the CGI. I'll say this, CGI for this movie is pretty freaking good. I'd say this is a quite a high standard throughout. Where it needs to be, there are places where it falls fucking flat. Um, and I would say that's the first time that you see Mr. Fantastic stretch, when he's on the table. When he's tied to the table, his arms look like, you know when you could get in Photoshop where you can just stretch an image and it like it painfully drags out the pixels? Yeah, yeah. It looked bad. Well, here's the thing, right, just because I forgot to mention this. Um, actually no we'll leave that for the powers discussion okay. um, remind me about that but I actually thought the CGI was pretty good and Thing was good I just yeah you're right he wasn't the Thing no he wasn't New Jersey he wasn't making jokes no nope. he wasn't anything he was just sad here's the here's the Thing here's the Thing ah! well I know it, if you take if you took away this character's name Ben Grimm what you've got is actually quite the interesting story about a guy who's grown up around junk and an abusive family who somehow kind of develops a weird like chip on his shoulder attitude and and chip chip on, on his, his shoulder. shoulder and for some reason his best friends are like the smartest man on earth there's a line in this movie where like the only time i probably enjoyed a performance which is weird because everybody's slating jamie bell for this performance yeah. but it's when he's looking out the windows of the bas- backs of building he turns to read and he says you're home like i'm not home but you're home you were home the day you got here as i you know what? That's actually that's that's the faintest remnant of a character trait that this guy's sort of like hometown. If you I feel will. like you're just clinging to anything at this point. Oh, a character morsel. Let's Ma- cling to. It. Get the morsel. Fetch the tweezers. <laughs> off. Pull it out. Unfortunately, the rest of it sucked because the whole like the the heel turn for for thing in this movie. <sighs> Uh, which were my three favourite words in this movie, by the way, because it's the moment where this movie took a huge dive bomb mm-hmm. uh, with the years one year later. Now, when you see the film, when you see the title card one year later, prepare to shit your pants because things just go fucking downhill. The steepest incline down into the depths of shit I have ever fucking witnessed in a film. And it's thanks to what they do with the thing. Can we, t- we talk about your favourite line? Can we do that? Let's save that for the powers discussion because I just I want to touch on the other three main characters and then we'll talk about. The okay, powers. let's talk about um, Sue Storm then. Yeah, Sue Storm, boring, boring as fuck, empty, nothing there, ah, <laughs> nothing <laughs> there. Like we know that Kate Mara's a good actress. What's she in? Uh, House of Cards, which mm, is good. Never seen House of Cards. I would recommend it highly. Good. If you've seen Kate Mara in House of Cards, you know what she can do. She's a quite a talented actress with yeah. a big range and then she doesn't explore any of it in this movie Li- literally there is more emotion in her lines in the trailer with all the scenes that got cut wow there really was yeah that entire interaction of like something like uh, uh, something like really no that's not in the film no that's the, no, none of it's there no she has one character trait and this is I need music yeah that's what the, it wh- right that's yeah, so there's not much even to analyse because no, there's just boring. not much there. Mm. <laughs> so let's move on to Johnny Storm. Um, oh. The controversial thing that was coming to this movie, little thing do we know 
the other mountainous <laughs> piles of controversy that you were think coming. that's why they did it because they had this big controversy of like they're not the same race they're not the same race like what if we made a really terrible movie everybody would forget about that I liked one thing that is funny in retrospect is that everyone just presumed that Johnny Storm would be the adopted one and it turns out it's actually Sue Storm who's the adopted one. And yeah. That was odd. Oh, the entire explanation for that. So you're adopted, right? Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's all <laughs> you that's get. All, that's all, that's that's all it needed. Yeah, exactly. But, now, Michael B. Jordan is a good actor. Great in Chronicle. Great in Chronicle. Yeah. He looks like he's going to do fucking amazing in Creed. I'm looking forward to Creed. Oh, God, yes, he's... he's a, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's Apollo Creed. Oh, son. I'll keep being a bit so he's movie. got a chance to redeem himself for being in this pile of shit. He just wasn't right. We can both agree on this because we agreed on it before it even aired. Doesn't matter what ethnicity is, not a problem whatsoever. Nope. Didn't impact on the story one fucking iota. But again, you don't know whether this is Trank tending to be flat. But my God, was he all so dull? Yeah. You're Johnny Storm. You're the fun one yeah. of the Fantastic Four. He spent a, a lot of the, and this is uh, this is more of where I thought the CG just looked awful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to make a convincing looking flame mode human torch because you've got to get the fire right, and the face has got to not look fucking terrible. Unfortunately, the face looked terrible. But he looked like a blow up doll for most of it. Like, Argh, yeah, okay. Argh, and he was just wasn't, the, wasn't the, having fun. I actually like the look of Human Torch for the most part I think part of the problem was that they didn't have the classic costumes yeah. which probably would not have suited this movie whatsoever probably but, not but still But uh, I so it's hard to picture one without the other but I think they did okay on there but yeah Michael, Michael B. Jordan was just every time a spark of like what Johnny Storm was meant to be like cocky arrogant funny snuffed out and apparently he's a mechanical genius but he needs his dad to pay for his car yeah Okay, and then he's a, he's a mechanical genius and he has a shitty Toyota. Yeah. Right, okay. Also, he's probably one of the smartest people on the planet by this movie, but he seems like a college dropout. Why are you wasting your time on racing sort of things? Yeah. Like, none of this adds up. None of this makes sense. No, but they had to get him from, you know, portraying Johnny Storm as being irresponsible to then he's allowed to go into space. They had to bridge gap gap. Yeah. It wasn't the worst way to bridge it. He wasn't smooth or anything, but... Any hoozle. Um Okay, last one. Yep. Victor, don't call me Domashev Don Von Doom, even. Um, because, yeah. Don't chef me, bro. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that whole, he's a blogger and his last name is Domashev, completely gone. In one excellent bit of ADR, where in- instead of the actual shot of the scene, we cut to a random shot of a piece of paper that says Victor Von Doom's like, where it? what's Victor Von Doom doing on this? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I have to go back to my home planet now. Literally, it could have been less subtle if a bloke literally held up a placard and they <laughs> zoomed in on it and it went out of focus. They had to reason. Oh, there we go. Von Doom. Um, y- yeah, so that's all gone. Thankfully, I, I, I don't think that would have worked in the situation. You could see where they were going because they go to like his nest. For one, he's playing watchdogs. Oh, the fuck! Bro, it's 2014. <laughs> the first 2015. Sh- the f- yeah, 2015. The first shot of Victor Von Doom. He he's the he's the um, the no life nerd from uh, that episode of South Park with the World of Warcraft. He's literally sat back, double chin coming up in his chair with like mouse and keyboard. Yeah. I'm like, this is our villain. This is Victor Von. Doom. This is the guy who simultaneously sat on the throne of Asgard at some point and wielded Mjolnir. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, and 
right. I really didn't like what Kemba was bringing here. I do have some positive things to say about Dune, which we'll get to in a second, but the accent was there. It wasn't there when he was Von Doom, but then later on when stuff happens to him, it is there, quite prominent. Yeah. So he just gains an accent. And he's just, he just, he's just a dick. But not like an enjoyable dick, he's just like... Also, the entire Latvarian thing is wasted. Did I mention Latvarian? It's written on the piece of paper, and he's got the Latvarian flag in his nest, and that's it. Like, they don't... At no point is he engaging in the slightest. This is meant to be a charismatic leader, a person who everyone is terrified of when after the transformation. He's just like an introverted dick. I'm like, that's not... I know making him, you know, the ruler of Latveria or having very strong ties to that country, like royalty, whatever, like as in the comic books, is going to be difficult to do. And you kind of see where they would be going for a sequel, which we'll get into in a second, but yeah, he really didn't do well here. No. Really, really bad. Having said that, I thought his powers were cool. Yeah, this is this is not really a point of contention between us, but you thought it was cool and I was just kind of like, well, I mean... Well, Theoretically, his powers were cool. I don't think they were that fun to watch, though. Let me okay. Let me let me let me dial this back a bit. We'll talk about powers now, and I'll start with Doom. The bit when he initially, the first time he used his powers, I felt myself like get engaged momentarily because, like, he can just. I don't know if this is spoilers. You've seen him like do it in the trailers, I suppose. So yeah, there's a lot of spoilers in the trailers. No one could touch him. He's like blowing heads at the back of out of the back of suits like they're all wearing containment suits and he just stares at them and boils them and their brains blow out the back of it he felt badass I was like had they got the characterization better I'd be all in for this Doom right now oh we forgot to mention something Doom's look oh, oh god. god oh mm. god as much as I nailed the thing no you might have already seen what he looks like blue steel <laughs> blue steel <laughs> blue steel oh my god he is doing he's that he's doing blue steel he's doing dude. blue steel I felt like there's a few things in this movie where I feel like they were this close doing something cool he wouldn't have salvaged the movie had they nailed Doom it would have been a high point he would have pushed it up that Rotten Tomato and things but this close everything other than the mouth could have worked but yeah instead of having like the mean grill which I suppose is hard to make realistic in this setting He's like pursely. Mm. <laughs> He's like posing for selfies all the way through this frigging movie, and it's just, it ruins it. When you see him from the back, which you do see for that initial shot of him using the powers, that's why it looks badass. You can't see his face. He's just. He's not even like doing hand gestures. He's just blowing people's minds. I think also the problem is. I is did not mean. <laughs> did not mean to, to blow, blow your mind. mind. To blow, blow your mind. mind. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> what I was going to say is that he's just too spindly. I think that's my problem with the design. I mean, other than the obvious aesthetics that it doesn't look right. But he's, Doom is an imposing figure. You don't have to make him friggin' Arnie. He doesn't have to be muscle He doesn't have to be jacked, no. But he's but got to be imposing. Exactly. Where he's, the only time we see him, he's wearing a cloak with a hood that's literally four times bigger than his head. Which there is no explanation for where it came from. Yeah, this cloak We'll get appears. to that in the spoilers, actually, because we have to spoil a little bit to talk about that. And but. the cloak looks dumb on him, and it looks like... You know, you didn't watch Dragon Ball Z as a kid, did you? No. There is um, a character called Piccolo that wears, like, 
um, a weighted. You don't know it's weight until he takes it off and it cracks the floor. Uh, but a weighted um, like headdress and uh, shoulder pad armor. It looked like he was wearing a ship version of that. It just looked too big and too heavy for this guy to be able to hold up because he's just weak. Looks like you could snap him. And of course, he's weak to small falls into into slight ravines. Yeah. Oh no, a small canyon. My <laughs> oh, one weakness. <laughs> See it. Doom, I think they were close. Few tweaks here and there. Doom could have been cool. And I think visual wise, the other powers worked with the exception of one. And that is Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> because when you're trying to do a grim and serious and dour and kind of body horror movie, to then have somebody go Mr. Tickle and stretch Armstrong on your ass is not going to work because his powers are inherently stupid. But he, he looked so crap. He looked so out of place. It's, th- it's that first tracking shot of him like stretched out on the table. And bearing in mind, it's funny because I turned up to him and was like, we need more towels! We can't cover this junk! But it just, it looked like someone had just like gotten like a picture of an arm in Photoshop See, and just pulled the pixels out. I don't out. think it looked that bad. It That's did, not my problem It wasn't pixelated, it. but it looked bad. It, okay. Like, you know what happens when, like, when you corrupt a video game yes. and the wrong textures are on the wrong the, model? Yeah. And it looks fucking weird. Yes. It looked like that to me. I... Okay, we're gonna have to dis- agree to disagree on that one because I- I'm not gonna watch this movie again. But had I done that, I would have paid more attention. But on initial impressions, I was like, no, all the powers work CGI wise. It was just it didn't suit this movie. No, inherently speaking, the Fantastic Four is quite absurd. This set of powers, you could probably pass Human Torch and Invisible Girl off in like Invisible Woman in more serious roles. But Thing and Mister Fantastic need. Like you know, giddy abandoned. I mean, not, the, the posters. Oh. These three, these three kids looking really mopey, and then behind them is just fucking rock monster. <laughs> Why am I here? Because you can't have like pathos and like deep meaning and like hurt, and then whoa, whoa, wacky waving inflatable half lane true man. Even <laughs> the movie doesn't want this to happen. Um, this isn't spoilers, but to. But at some point, they all the characters are forced to wear these suits that sort of repress or control their powers. Mm-hmm. And literally, Mr. Fantastic suit is, we've put big fuck-off springs on his arm so he doesn't shoot out like Play-Doh. It's ridiculous. It really is. And that's why I just think, from day one, this movie was... Doomed, no, you could no, say. I can say doomed. Because I just think it was the wrong tone to take. Yeah. I don't want to make out that like Fantastic Four is some tragically unlucky series because when they did silly and stupid, everyone else was doing Dewa. And then when they did Dewa, everyone's kind of embraced the stupidity. So You wouldn't ask Christopher Nolan to direct Crypto the Superdog. No. You don't ask Josh Trank to make Fantastic Four, apparently. Apparently so. We were a bit naive to just think, well, he's just a good director of superhero movies. We should have really put two and two together and said... This is not how you do the Fantastic Four. Um, sorry, in terms of like, the other powers... We've been calling it wrong, sorry. It's Fantastic. I do apologise. Air apologies. Just on the other ones, I thought Human Torch's powers were fine. Not hard to mess up. You know, he throws fire, he flies, it looked cool. Um, Invisible Woman, they like could do the ball thing. and the They got rid of her flying, by the way, which was in the trailer, where her and the Human Torch are like, flying through the rock things at the end. There's only Human Torch and they've taken her out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that looked kind of silly. The um, having the three of them in the big ball of projection. Obviously. It did look a tad silly. <laughs> like they'd just gone zorbing for the weekend. Like, wow! Again, not a good marriage of 
co- like characters and concepts and tone yeah. there, but it looked fine. Um, now the thing. The thing about the, the thing. The thing about the thing is when you have your one year later bullshit happen, which again, just, like you, everyone in them, like me and you, went, oh what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, they show footage. we weren't the only ones. Everyone else no. was going, what the fuck oh, is no. this? But this was. The biggest laugh for me in the entire movie was <laughs> they showed footage like they militarized thing basically. That's yeah. not too much of a spoiler. You see him like smashing up army bases, but yeah, they show like footage of him like blowing up army bases, ripping tanks apart. Forty-three confirmed kills is on the bottom of one of them. There's pictures of newspapers that have caught him, like like pictures of him and everything. And then the guy goes, "Yes." We've deployed the thing on many successful covert operations. <laughs> and I just went, covert? <laughs> I'm really getting the feeling that we really annoyed some people in that theatre, but all of those reactions were genuine. When I shouted covert, about five minutes later, two people got up. And I thought they walked out. They may have just walked to a different part of the cinema because we were having too good of a time. <laughs> just covert. Wow, maybe he didn't have a dictionary and thought covert meant very loud. <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah. No. Actually, no, that's something we need to get to in the spoilers. Well, uh, that's on the list. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, I think we covered everything we can do without spoilers. And trust me, because if you're not here ten, 10 years to go and watch this movie, I'm pretty sure it's safe to watch the spoilers. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Because I'm going to go down the list. We haven't even touched on half the things I need to mention. But um, if, if you really, really want to go and see this movie and not have much spoiled, we recommend you stop now and go and see a different film. If you go and watch this in the same state that Josh Trank directed it, you're going to have the best time. <laughs> Just the best time. Any form of intoxication or highness will be perfect. Wonderful. You know, Honestly, me and you were stone cold sober. We had a fucking blast. We did, so I can only imagine, like, it's a very sad indictment of the movie <laughs> that we hadn't, we didn't get any value out of what he was actually trying to make <laughs> valuable. We had to extract our own fun. Yeah. We still had fun. I recommend it in the same breath that I recommend 300 Rise of an Empire. Yeah. God awful, but it's so funny. Stick it up there with the room and bird demic. Films you should watch with other people who know that it yes. already sucks. And the silver line on all this is that now probably going back to Marvel. Yeah. Marvel can... They're not going to do a Fantastic Four movie. I think it's a poison chalice. But they can work them in some way. And they can bring in... Doom in the MCU! Doom in the MCU! Send that to Marvel, make it happen. Yes, they'll, they'll do it properly. I have absolutely no doubt on that. So, um, if this was a 5 out of 5, I would give it a 1. Yeah, if this was a 5 out of 5, I'd ask for 2 points back. <laughs> so, that'll do it for the non-spoilers. Yeah. Now, I'm going to open the list. Bring up the list. I just want to go through this point by point. Because I, I probably forgot most of this, because okay. I only remember the there was, glaring shit moments. There was one good point that I wanted to say for the spoilers section, because, um, right, they go to this... No, in the comic books, it's referred to as the nth dimension, or something like that. You, mean, you mean where they built the prison? The negative zone. Negative zone. In here, it's called Planet, Planet Zero. And they spelled zero with a zero. Arseholes. Yes. Uh, I know. So, they go to this planet. Now, something that is on the bad list, I just need to get through. They send this place, this this craft there. An experimental one. Oh, carry on. They sent this experimental craft there. And they were like, yeah, let's look at the video feed. And I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> You've, okay, cracking into my interdimensional travel. 
You've done some pseudo wudo sciency wincy crap. Pseudo wudo. Pseudo wudo. Who you know was a decent rock type. Yeah. Pseudo wudo sciency wincy bollocks to guess believing that. But I'm calling bullshit on your ability. So you can't get the thing back, but you have somehow cracked getting the camera feed back. How? <laughs> We can't make shopping trolleys that go in a straight line, and yet you have cracked interdimensional frigging newscasts. This, uh, wow. what I just remembered uh, when they're showing this off. Forgot about my favourite character in the movie, the chimp who doesn't want to be in this movie. <laughs> he was right. great. They really could have got a normal chimp because it wasn't like he was doing anything to it. Like, like Planet of the Apes, you need CGI chimps. This one was sat in a chair. <laughs> And he's like, oh, the, the great thing oh. was, it's like someone had told him what movie he was in just before they started rolling. Yeah, and he was like, oh, nips. Oh, I'm in Fantastic Four. Like, they really oh, no. just, I, I don't get why they felt the need for a flipping CGI chimpanzee. But again, this comes with the category of least of their problems. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> looks so worried. I just, I'm in Fantastic so, Four. So, right, so they go to, basically, they. they Three Richards gets it all together, and the shady McShade Shade guy, who you think all the way through is like, this is the villain, he's going to have a heel turn, he's in line with Doom or something. No, he just gets killed. Um, the guy who was going to be leader in the Incredible Hulk movie, yeah, um, but that never came. Apparently he was playing the guy that would become Mole Man. Who knew? But now his brain exploded it, so... He's basically like, yeah, okay, you cracked it, well done, high fives, but we're sending astronauts there, which is a good decision. Um, Reed goes, no, 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 we're drunk, get drunk. And then <laughs> oh, the yeah, yeah, does the fantastic bonding session, which everybody here who's got a social life has done, was sit in a darkened office with two people you barely know and drink from a singular flask of whiskey. A tiny flask of yeah. whiskey. And so, get so pissed drunk that you think, let's make yeah. Hangover Part 4 in another dimension. He gets drunk and then immediately becomes sober. Immediately afterwards, when he has to pilot stuff and do heavy and do stuff. Um, so, oh, so also, we're going to a different dimension. Who should we bring along? That one guy who knows nothing about science. Yeah, he'll do. Um, see him, Doom, Johnny Storm, and Reed, Ben. And ben, ben Reed, Reed, just for some reason. ring and go. See, actually, no. I'm going to save that for relationships. That's a big part of the no list. We'll get to that mm. in a second. So they go to the to the planet Zero. Um, and Doom gets thrown into... Like, there's an energy core. And Doom stupidly, as most stupid people stupidly do, puts his hand in it. For reasons. I was like, if if you... People turned up on this planet and saw acid, they wouldn't immediately go, ooh! <laughs> so, yeah, it causes a reaction. Doom is left on the planet for the year that they are away from it. And, you know, there was a nice bit where, like, you know, rocks all of a sudden start, like... Okay, that's a bit odd that they just start attracting themselves to the open pod of Ben Grimm and, like, yeah. get fused to him. Rocks. And Johnny Storm's one sets on fire. So I was like, okay, that's cool. You've given them... Because, like, when they get hit by a space cloud, they just get random-ass jumbled powers. So I was like, okay, those two, they've gone for the explanation of how they ended up as they are. Reed Richards... Right, they get back to the... to planet. Sue Storm just gets hit by the, like, the tidal wave of energy that comes back with them and then just turns invisible. Yeah, she doesn't go to the other dimension. The first time no. she's in there is in the final fucking yep. fight. So she just gets randomly turned invisible. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, that. But Reed Richards turning to Mr. Fantastic is even more bizarre because he comes back in a perfectly sealed pod with nothing wrong and then opens it and then he has his legs trapped and all of a sudden he's stretchy. 
So maybe it was like... His reaction as well. Yeah. Oh, no! Oh, the most unconvincing passing out since um, um, Talia al Ghul dies at the end of Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. He's just, oh, no! Uh. <laughs> Richard goes, uh, and he's out. So, that was stupid. They could have made some like bullshit. Oh, you had the the bad energy on you, and it just the first thing just, that your body did. You know did. what would have made even more sense? It just as he was shutting the door, he trapped his finger in it. And then, yeah. the, and then, like, it got stretched. Okay, that could, like, or, like, he was straining to pull the door shut. So yeah. something where he had an exerting pressure on everything in his body, like he's trying to cling... Oh, he's trying to cling himself into the thing because he's being pulled back out. Yeah. That could have worked. But now we just got stretched legs because of a girder. Um, now, that bit was stupid with some intermittent good stuff. But then, that was the only five minutes of the movie where I was like, this is where this tone is working. When they did, like, the fly vibe... yeah. It actually worked for me. For a little bit. A little, little, little I, bit. I still think it's inherently flawed, this taking this approach to the Fantastic Four, but that bit, had they gone hardcore with the body horror stuff, I think that could have worked, especially when you had Thing. I still I still think there was quite, just before we get to Thing, quite a funny moment where, like, Fra- Franklin Storm's like, I want to see my daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so she's facing an air to reality, no biggie. And she's not there. And he's looking like, oh no, what about I was like, I just wanted to go, where the fuck is she? Is this a job? You just made me happy. Is just... she in the toilet? <laughs> oh. Oh, she's there. Oh. Uh. Well, like, I, the panic, like, that bit, like, you would, they had a realistic reaction to what had happened to him. At least Reed Richards did. He's like, I just want to see my friend. He's panicking. He's... That's the only point I was like into Mars Teller's performance, that bit. And then he gets into the duct and he's like crawling yeah. and he sees Ben Grimm and Ben Grimm's just like pleading to help me. That was good. It's stupid for a Fantastic Four movie, oh, yeah. but if you were going to portray the Fantastic Four in this way, it was working for me. But then that one year later thing was like, <laughs> the morning. But yeah, I was down with the fly vibe for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit it was okay. But like, even then it's like, the first time that you see the thing post um, Planet Zero was just it was just a bit it was just dumb it was like it was like he was being birthed out of rock it looked wrong it wasn't correct but but it, again to go back to the body horror thing that worked like he was a monster they keep him locked up in a storage cupboard for a year <laughs> yeah he that lives, was odd lives in a fucking cupboard and okay this is something I didn't write on it but I thought of it just a second ago because they militarise Thing basically because Ben Grimm's not attached to anybody he can do what the fuck he wants so they militarise him and for the most part okay other than him living in a cupboard it seems like they're treating him fine it's not like they're exploiting okay they are exploiting him if you're going to be nitty gritty yeah. about it but they, they told him that they're going to they're going to try and fix his condition but they're just kind of like eh, we kind of like the walking tank thing but in the meantime you're helpful to us do you mind helping us and he's more than happy to go along with it he's good at his job and then Franklin Richards is all like no I don't want that for Johnny Storm but I was like why he's probably impervious to dying he can burn bullets out of the flipping air and it just seemed like he was like... He's he faster was, than a frigging jet fighter. Exactly. I, I couldn't understand why they were like... So, why you were so sheepish about letting his son join the military. I was like, that makes sense. You were having lock up in this building for the rest of his flipping life. Anywho. Like, like your daughter who apparently just lives with crates now. Yeah. They all get shitty bedrooms. I would have complained personally. Uh, right. Only one fight scene. Yeah, That's literally the, the final fight scene. The final fight scene between Doom and the thing. Where Doom just attacks them with rocks. His main weapon of attack against a rock he attacks, Yeah, he attacks the thing, who he's made of rocks, with more rocks. Oh no, rocks, my one weakness. He's never played Pokemon, has he? No. <laughs> he don't attack rock with rock. 
Come on, bro. Um, yeah, he just attacked. Like, literally, he has one idea, which is put rocks on people. And that's stupid. Um, also, he's like he just finds a cloak in yeah. this place. He goes to the Zero Planet in a spacesuit and comes back with cloak. Yeah. That's never explained. Because, because the spacesuit is melded to his fucking body. Yeah. So it's not even like it was the remnants of the spacesuit. No. It wasn't. It's just a cloak. He just has a thing. Um, so yeah, one fight scene, which wasn't the worst thing. I mean, it was pretty stupid. It was pretty lacklustre, but it weren't the worst thing about this movie. No. They tried to mix in the powers noise against like an overwhelmingly powerful doom. But again, when your main weapon of attack and your guy who has to be the champion is whoa, <laughs> waving, wacky waving fable arm flame tube man, kind of breaks it for me. Also, when the one guy who can blow your brains out just by looking at you just thinks, rocks! I know. Then you know. And the problem is then when you only have, when it's four on one, you don't give any of the people time to like really show off their powers. Had they gone up against like, if they had Doom Bot, I know that was unlikely for a for first one, but something where a lot of them could do it. Because thing has to be appreciated on a mass scale. Because if you're just against Doom, you're just going to punch him. He needs lots of people to blow through for it to be spectacular. Again, they could have been banking on that for the sequel, but, you know, don't count your chickens. That may have been a problem. They may have been so sure of the sequel that they thought they could, you know, dial back the action in this one thing. It's all coming. Don't worry. That may have been a hindrance to them. Um, the lab. They mm-hmm. literally stay in that lab. The lab with the potty... For about eighty percent of the movie, yeah, it's the bit at the start with the terrible kid actors. We didn't mention them. Oh god, they sucked. Actor, <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting. They were they were awful. But yeah, they they kind of stay in the Baxter lab for like most of this movie. Only occasionally go. They spend about I'd say some total of fifteen minutes in Planet Zero. I think you can actually count the number of sets in this movie on one hand. The school. The school. Reed's house. Reed's house. The lab. The lab. Planet Zero. Planet Zero. That one random street where jo- Johnny Storm was doing his thing. Forest. Okay, it's, it's off one hand, but that, and, yeah, Forest. And Grimm's Auto Place. Grimm's Auto Place. And Green Screen Spain. The green Screen Spain, and I suppose the Baxter building that isn't the Baxter building. That's the dorms. Less, than, less than ten locations okay. in this entire film. That's stupid. Now, this is something it may not have occurred to you, but it occurred to me. Did Sue Storm say one thing to the thing? I don't think so. Right. The absolute bare minimum key to work in the Fantastic Four, which admittedly neither us are massive fans of, but the thing that's made it so lastingly appealing is the family aspect. There are every there are six key relationships you have to get right because you've got to have Ben and Reed have to be bros. They have to be proper good friends because then that what's keep keeps it going. Reed's got to feel guilty about what he did to Ben. Ben's got to be like got his back still, always stands up for him, stuff like that. The the crumbs of it were there. It felt like the tools to do it were there. But then it was squandered on a kind of "you did this to me" storyline. A very simplistic one at that. Yeah, it's even... like, you did this to me. Sorry, bro. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm That's really it. annoyed at you. Then they're in the plane. I'm okay with you, kind of. I'm still a bit annoyed, and then just, yeah. And then just by the end, it's like, we need to work together. Okay, cool. They need to be bros. Now, in what is now going to be the most damning indictment of these movies going forward, they actually did it a lot better in the first ones. Yep, they did. Juan Griffith and <laughs> um, Michael Chiklis, I got their bond. They were They bros. felt like brothers. And, and re-reaching in those movies, always they're like, I feel guilty about what I did to my best friend. I didn't get that here. It was there. They were massacre. Mas- 
things. <laughs> it was it was there, but it was very underworked, very yeah. underbaked. Sure. Um, then you have to nail love interest between Reed Richards and Sue Storm. That just, just didn't exist. They tried. Hi, to do, Reed. Romance. They tried to do a love triangle. With yeah. Victor Von Doom, where it's like just awkwardly was like, but they were all stay the, away from my girl. They were all <laughs> the third wheel. Yeah. <laughs> all three of them were third wheels. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Like <laughs> no chemistry between Miles Teller and and what's, and it was implied that he's only seventeen, and Fuck she's like, off. and she's. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a thing. They're trying to pass Jamie Bell off as a seventeen-year-old, <laughs> but he's like when uh, Mr. Burns gets dressed up as Jimbo. <laughs> <and he's> just, <laughs> no, little <laughs> <Blue> chums. <laughs> so yeah, no chemistry between them whatsoever. No. You then have to nail the brother-sister relationship between Johnny and Sue Storm. That he's reckless, she's smart, but they love each other. One sentence of that. Exactly. So a complete pointless. You have to get the fun aspect between Johnny Storm, the arrogant guy, and the thing, and they wind him up. Again, Chris Evans and, and, and Michael Chiklis nailed that. That was the best thing about the early movies. It was silly, yeah, but they got it down perfectly it, well. I can actually remember, uh, maybe not the funniest line, but a memorable line, a line from the Human Torch in the movie. It's like, you're burning, uh, you're really hot. Oh, I thank you, so are you. Like, that's... that's when he comes that's... out the shower and he just turns, like, you just, you see the steam rising off him because he just heated his way to get rid of the water. Yeah. Working fine, but no. Sue and Thing is a very close relationship. Now, obviously, I don't know the exact way it's defined because I'm not a Fantastic Four fan. But you know, it's like a motherly kind of deal there. He's yeah. like, you know, Thing and Fantastic and Torture Boy has been portrayed as the kids, and then you've got to nail Johnny Storm and Mister Fantastic being irresponsible, reckless youth and intelligence, and that clash. That's yeah. the main friction in that group. None of that was accomplished. If anything, there was kind of like there was more broness between Johnny Storm and Reed Richards because, like, in one of the two conversations they have in this film, mm-hmm. one of them is "Good to see you again, man." Like, yeah, D- did you even talk? I don't remember you talking. Yo, can you weld? That's all they do. Yeah, so, yo, what's up? I'm Reed. Can you weld? And that was all the interaction. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me go unbreak my arm. Unbreak oh, my arm. Just, oh, you're my best friend. <laughs> I was going to um, unbreak my arm. He's going to be my new jam. So yeah, n- no chemistry, no relationship work. No feeling of a team. Nope. It felt like four individuals all up until the last bit when they tried exactly. to say hey, I figured we should get a name. Fucking why? Exactly. You're not a team. You're four people. It's like, oh, we should be... They all give each other their names, but like, oh, we should be the human torch and the torchettes. And they were expecting, ha, ha, ha. No. And you're just the thing that no one wants. Ha. <laughs> and this is just fantastic. What, what did, did you say? This is fantastic. I know. We'll call ourselves the... Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. We call ourselves um, the fuck you. Yeah. Awful winks and nods is on the list. Of yeah. Like, oh, you're giving up on that flying car. <laughs> and stupid... Apparently there exists a cut of that movie when the fantastic car is in it. Wow. I know, right? I thought I saw it on the, the magazine that he was at. Yeah, anyway, I that. so awful. There's lots of that stuff. Um, the kind of convenience that a back, like someone from the Baxter building, so a highly intelligent scientist and his daughter, happened to go to a high school talent show. Yeah. Also, like, we haven't been able to bring anything back. Here's a small vial of something we brought back. Yeah. What? 
This is their first public display. So how does Franklin Storm know about this? <laughs> uh, Franklin Storm's stupid death where they tried to give us some emotion. <laughs> Just like, oh no. Remember me as I live. <laughs> as uninteresting as the lot of you. <laughs> um... I'm going to save that one for later. Yeah, drop plots all over the shop where Jeff was just gone, yep. loving, and uh, doomed. Yeah, done that, done dropped that, done that. scenes, dropped movie. Okay. a lot of this shit from the trailer wasn't there. I've only got two more things to say. Okay. To wrap up. The, the, the biggest problem, I think, other than the script, which I do genuinely feel was the, the main Achilles heel. Yeah. It felt ashamed of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, they, were, they wanted to tell a super serious story... But these are the only toys they had to do it with. This is why, you know when the first Ant-Man trailer came out and yes. we had the jokes of, it's, is it too late to change the name or it wasn't my idea? Yeah, yeah. I was like, don't do that, don't hide yourself. And then when Ant-Man came out, it was like, it didn't give a shit. It was like, yes, Ant-Man is silly, but we're going to have a fun time. Exactly. This this film was like, we want to do a very serious and very gritty movie and tie it into the X-Men movies, but unfortunately we've been given the Fantastic Four, so I, we'll, I guess we'll kind of make the thing a kind of the human fly, and I guess we'll kind of make... Mr. Fantastic, yeah. like a fugitive or something. Like, it felt like it didn't want to embrace the inherent stupidity. It was making excuses. And making excuses for superheroes at this time is pointless because people love superheroes. You couldn't hope for a better time to be releasing silly superhero movies. If somebody said to me, they're thinking of rebooting Steel, which was a shit movie, a shit DC movie, yeah. that looks stupid, I'd go... Well, at least the campy tone would actually work now. Yeah. Now, we're not saying that cheesy movies are just now going to work all the time. There has to be some substance there that will get you through. Im- oh, sorry, go on. But that wasn't... They tried to go for a very deep and meaningful film, but the substance still wasn't there. So you feel like we were robbed of a fun Fantastic Four movie and the... The alternative, what we got, wasn't even, like, worthwhile. It was still just as empty and lacking in anything as the original Fantastic Four movies were. Imagine a parallel world where this movie came out in 2005 and the 2005 movie came out this week. Yeah. I think both of those films would have done exceptionally well in their time. See, now, I do agree, I do disagree with that because I still think they're both bad movies. But they would have been more appreciated had it happened that way, right? Yeah, this one would have been. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but you know what? It's a fun romp, and this and the if it, if this film released today, I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of sucks, but it does bring a really gritty tone we haven't seen yet. Like yep. you know. So the the only hope for it left, or let's just this is the final point I want to point out. I think this is the worst Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Worse than Galactus as a cloud, people. If that's not the most damning thing I've ever said about a movie, I don't know what is. Here's here's one for you. X-Men Origins Wolverine is no longer the worst film produced by Fox. No. Holy shit. And we say all this about a movie that only lasts 85 minutes. Yeah. It's so cut up and so destroyed um, to what it should yeah. be. It you could you could put it on ITV and only have a couple of ad breaks and you get the whole thing done. Yep. So, in conclusion, what it feels like there is atoms of what could be a good Fantastic Four movie, but it's just hampered in every single department. The CGI team did their job well. For them, I say well done. Every other aspect of this movie, every single aspect of it, from the acting, the directing, the scripting, the producing, everything awful. 
awful. Put this put in hilarious. Front of, yeah, put hilarious and say, put this in front of me and say, this is our attempt at a superhero movie. And I will quote myself from last night when we saw the film. Give me and Darren a hundred pounds and a free weekend, and we could have made a better Fantastic Four movie. No problem. It wouldn't have looked as good as this one, but it would have been closer to the source material. It would have been funnier. It would have been more entertaining. We probably could have casted it better and actually given better performances if we'd acted out all the roles. I would have made a better Sue Storm than Kate Mara. This film, as in the time of the superhero renaissance, is so out of touch of what... Everything superhero it is it is what we're in it is it is what we're in don't say that <laughs> the releasing the film this time it's a fucking death sentence I know but this is one of the funniest films I've seen all year yeah. I genuinely laughed my tits off no there was like this is the thing we could have made that Fantastic Four movie and we would have at least had one funny joke which was two more than this Fantastic Four <laughs> <Yeah>. movie <laughs> because yeah we had a whale of a time. There's no denying that we didn't enjoy we the were, experience. We were apprehensive that it was going to be just boring. But I don't know if that was just because we were together. Had I watched this, because my girlfriend also came, had I just watched it with Rachel, I don't know if I would have had as good a time. Yeah. Because she didn't mind it. She says it was bad, but, you know, we, just, we had a rally going, and it just bounced and bounced. So go, some, go see somebody... We've got to watch somebody who's just as knowledgeable. My girlfriend isn't. She's just getting into this stuff. So go with someone knowledgeable who knows... Who knows superheroes or knows filmmaking. And you will have a fucking blast. As a, as a piece to study in just how to cock up everything, <laughs> this is a masterpiece. An absolute masterpiece. Uh, right then, Michael. That was an hour of bashing and our last comment is this film is a masterpiece. Masterpiece. A masterpiece <laughs> of awful. Just you could not have messed this up any better. Oh. Okay, Michael, that was very cathartic. It was, wasn't um, it? That felt good. Next up, I believe, uh, is... Uh, not even Creed's out. Um, there's something coming up. Probably Hitman. Probably Hitman. There's MI5 maybe in the pipelines. We don't know about that yet. Man but from Uncle. Man from Uncle could be a good one to do next. I am interested in that film. Apparently it's okay so I'm looking apparently Mission Impossible's okay as well well apparently Mission Impossible's better than okay apparently have really we got good. round to watching either of us have we watched uh, Terminator Genesis I haven't I haven't either don't worry good times uh, I watched Inside Out it was okay yeah I, I, I don't know when I'm going to go see that movie so maybe when we've seen that movie we can review that properly I haven't seen it so we can't I didn't have strong opinions on it so I don't think that'll be very fun so okay. probably Hitman I think we're basically on a slow and steady we're just ramping up towards Star Wars and when that comes yeah. out it's going to be a beautiful weekend but don't worry we have contingency plans in place to get us to that point of course if we don't want to watch anything else so you can find me on Twitter at the Guthridge. you can also check out my website where my Fantastic Four review will be live tomorrow uh, it's basically this in written form, um, and that will be... Um, actually, no, I'll let the podcast listeners into see you. I'm going to try and write the, my review tomorrow as positive as possible and mask all of the negatives as positives, just to see if I'm as good a journalist as I tell people I am. And you can see if I fail or succeed at that on www.thegutridgelog.co.uk. So thanks for watching this, well, listening to this, should I say, um, either via iTunes or SoundCloud, hopefully you're one of those locations. Subscribe and like! Obviously, do that. Subscribe that, and like. That you're really good to Subscribe do and like. Like, comment, and subscribe. But do go oh, yeah, over comment. to foulentertainment.com where we've just had a couple of new additions to the staffing of the site, which I really wanted to go and check out their work. 
really good things in the pipeline over there. And of course, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash foul entertainment. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash foul ent. And yeah, visit the main website and like our shit. We really like it. You didn't say keep it tuned. You're learning unlike Josh Trank. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Oh, 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 o